Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I'm Allison Yanez, and I'm joined today by my co-wrangler, Jacob Murdoch. Hey, Jacob. Hello, Allison. So, what a year, Jacob. We launched this podcast a little under a year ago with the idea of showcasing the awesome government officials, nonprofit folks, artists, and local entrepreneurs who are trying to improve the city. 2018 has been an intense year, what with the Mueller investigation and the president being laughed at the United Nations, continuous attacks from this administration on dreamers and asylum seekers, there continue to be mass shootings and no real advances around gun control and police-related shootings of black men without accountability to the families and to the public. However, it's also been a year full of wonderful experiences with friends, lots of great food and beverage options, entertainment, travel, and other stuff. And so we'd like to share some of these highlights with you. Uh, Jacob, would you like to go first? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we big year, lots and lots of stuff. We're going to focus on some of the, the fun, exciting things that happened because we all know uh, about the other stuff. Yeah. So um, thinking about some of my new favorite places or the highlights of the places, particularly that I have enjoyed uh, drinking establishments this year that have focused on kind of the the alcoholic beverages, which it's been a year where I've drank a lot less beer than normal, but um, I've enjoyed a couple places particularly that focus on beer, Mm -hmm. which are Nevada Taste Site, which for those of you that don't know, it's just next door to Rebar on Main Street. It's owned by the same folks that own Rebar. And it is the only place in the city where you can enjoy strictly Nevada beer, which is amazing. They only serve Nevada beer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, only Nevada beer. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So like Reno, Tahoe, I don't know if there's a brewery in Outgo, but like they specialize in Nevada Ooh. beer. So if you want a Bush Light or a Keystone, it's not your place. No. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. No. Ah, cool. No. Um, and then the other one, also downtown, Three Sheets. Yeah, what the heck is that, man? So Three Sheets is on, what is it, Commerce? It's a street directly east of Main Street. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of the one-way ones. So okay. no, it's not Commerce. It's on the other side. So east of Main Street. Okay. Same street Vesta is on. It's kind of across the street from Vesta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a double-decker. They have an amazing patio, uh-huh. um, but they have a great beer selection as well. Um, it's a much smaller, quieter joint. Uh, I just went there for the first time a couple weeks ago, but I thoroughly enjoyed their beer selection. They also had cider on tap, which Ooh. I love cider, and I had a very nice, dry apple cider there, which was perfect. Cool. Listeners, we should go check it out as soon as possible then. Yeah, you should make your way to Three Sheets probably now, unless it's like really early in the morning and then don't. But yeah. other than that, please please give it a listen. Cool. Yeah. What about you? What are some of your favorite drinking establishments? Oh my gosh. So the most exciting bar opening this year for me was Ghost Donkey, which is such a hard name for me to remember. So I actually renamed it, as you well know, uh, Donkey King Kong Ghostface Killer, which Mm -hmm. is so much easier. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, right? (laughs) They're shirts. We're going to get shirts made. Right, we should. We should for sure. Um, Anyway, it's an offshoot from a New York bar that specializes in tequila, mezcal, and other lesser-known Mexican spirits and liquor. And it also has a fabulous nachos menu. Now, this is Vegas. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It is. Um, This is Vegas, and if there's something that we know how to do here, it's bars, man. We have Mm -hmm. some of the best cocktail bars in the country, both recipe and decor-wise. So what differentiates Ghost Donkey from all the rest of them? Well, first of all, it's super hidden. 
Yeah. It's located at the Cosmopolitan behind the Block 16 Food Hall. And kudos to the Cosmo or any strip property that makes uh, that forces a local, particularly a downtown <laughs> denizen like myself, right? to venture to the strip and pay, I don't know what the heck their parking fee is or the $12. lift ride there. That's ridiculous, man. But it's well worth it, you guys. So you'll find the entrance to the bar towards the back. Uh, look for an unassuming staircase-looking door with the sticker of a burrow, a donkey on it. Yeah. And once inside, you'll find a kitsch little bar drenched in red light with cheesy Christmas lights hanging around. There's this crazy donkey figurine at the entrance and all the 90s rock y pop en español that you can handle. Um, if I were to return to this earth in the form of a bar, this would be it. Mm-hmm. And the cocktails, uy, ni se diga, Jacob, ni se diga. Well, exactly. actually, you know, they are sublime. Yeah. The ingredients are super eclectic. Uh, they have this Negroni that's made of mezcal and mole. You can't um, see me. I'm holding my hand up. It's so it delicious. It is delicious, you guys. Um, they have this other drink that's made with huitlacoche, which is a fungus that grows on corn, which here, mis ojos, was skeptical at first. Yep. He didn't want to try it. Nope. But he later returned on another occasion, and you were sold, man. It was so delicious. It was amazingly delicious. They're super great, right? And yeah. um, they also have, as I mentioned, the nachos. They're, like, crazy good. Mm-hmm. They have this uh, cheesy truffle nachos that we tried. They have nachos with mole. It is so good. So you joined me on on one occasion, and you were enamored as well. I've been back twice. That's that's (laughs) super great. Which, to get me to the strip, and it's not for a concert, is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Like, going to the strip. I mean, to be fair, the first time I went back, I was going to see Amy Schumer at the Cosmo. Made sense. Great place. However, getting me to go to the strip when I'm not seeing any sort of show... Mm -hmm is really no, tough. No, it says a lot. Yeah, it's really hey, tough. Amy Schumer was recently hospitalized. Did you see? She had some sort of pregnancy complications No. So, um, but I, I think she's doing that. better. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, my, my, uh, my experience with Amy Schumer, besides the comedy show, was like that one movie that she was the star of. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Where she hate, where she has a lot of sex, but she hates it? Maybe. I think that's her life, but I'm not uh, sure if that was the movie. It was with one of the awkward guys from Saturday Night Live that I don't really know who what his name is. They're all weird. I don't yeah. Know. So uh, that was my only experience, but the show was quite funny. Oh, well, good for her. Three him. out of four comedians were awesome, and I would see again. Yeah. Yeah. One I would not ever want to see again. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was. She just wasn't good. Yeah. Hmm. What well, What other food and beverage options do you have? So for me, uh, I mean. So I'm going to start with just a, a couple places downtown that I've that I've enjoyed. Um, you know, I work downtown. I spend a lot of time downtown. So places that are new this year, um, at least downtown, that I've really enjoyed. So Bomb Tacos. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. the third taco shop downtown. Um, I like I like their selection of tacos. It's probably as the the widest selection of the three taco shops totally. that are within walking distance mm-hmm. downtown. So I definitely have appreciated that. Uh, and it's a cool little place. It's pretty chill. And you don't have to go on Fremont Street uh, for it, which mm-hmm. is nice because the one I normally go to is on Fremont Street. Yeah. So, uh, And then we have the downtown location of Flock and Fowl, which I think now is the only location of Flock and Fowl, correct? I don't know what's going on with them, yeah. to be honest. No. Yeah. But I love they have they, my favorite chicken wings in the that I've ever had, ever. They're good. Yeah. yeah they're they're, they're, they're my favorite. And it's not necessarily, I would say that the spice and the sauce is really spectacular, but it's how the chicken wing is cooked. So kind of like the Asian style chicken wing is like just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the, the butter sauce that they have on it, right amount of spice, 
spectacular. Yeah. Um, so it's a place that I've gone to multiple times. I think there was like three months that I went there like every other week. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, and then Eureka, which is unfortunately a chain. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that it's in the emergency arts center, but it's really hard to resist that they have really good food. They do. And they have a really great beer and whiskey selection. So that's, yeah. it's really, and they have a great, they like, they can open up the, the restaurant so it feels like you're outside, but you're really inside. Yeah, yeah, I know. It doesn't feel <sighs> like a chain. It's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. it is. And but it, we'll tolerate it. Yeah, we, we got we to gotta tolerate it. Now, Allison, though, I do want to tell you about the most amazing life-changing food experience I've had this year. Wow, what's that? So is it Life is Beautiful. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's all sorts of restaurants that have food at Life is Beautiful. Yep, and, yep. you know, places that I normally can't afford or wouldn't pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so Scotch 80, which is the newest fancy dining restaurant in the Palms, mm-hmm. was there. And I didn't know what they were or where they were when I went in there. I knew the name because, of course, it's a name that's associated with Las Vegas, an old old neighborhood in Las Vegas, but um, they had a chicken sandwich mm-hmm. that is literally the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Is like fried or what? It's fried chicken. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, an, there's an amazing coleslaw on it that's super crunchy and crisp, wow. if you will. Yeah. Uh, and um, the bun was spectacular, mm-hmm. and they had like this, this, this sauce on it that I wouldn't quite describe as a barbecue sauce. It was a southern style chicken fried chicken sandwich. So I guess it would be barbecue sauce. Mm. Um, Interesting. But, but the first, the I, I had it twice, and I wish I would have known about it earlier because I probably mm. would have had it three times. That much. That much. Wow. I have never eaten a chicken sandwich that slow. I've never eaten a meal at a music festival that slow. Uh huh. And I've never gone back for the same dish. At the exact at the same music festival more than once. Wow, that says a lot. Like it, it like I've done it over years, but mm-hmm. never like never the same same session of said music festival. Sounds great. And I was just stone cold sober and it was like the first time I ate it, I remember I was sitting across from a friend of mine and I was like, I don't normally eat this slow. I don't I don't eat slow like this. <laughs> and I was You're like, but I want to savor it. every single bite. Yeah. Now the most disappointing thing is though, Scotch AD at least when I looked right after the festival, they do not have this chicken on their menu. They no, don't have fried chicken on their menu yeah, at all. Yeah, I would say it's it's, it's a high end steakhouse. It no? is it is a high end steakhouse. Uh-huh. Um, I have I am just Damn. getting the materials ready for my letter writing campaign. Yep. Uh, to make sure that this is on the menu, and maybe even if they just had like a little like I don't know, like a little booth at the Palms where they just sold like this chicken sandwich. I'd yeah. be cool with yeah. that. I mean, I live near the Palms. It'd be great. I'd be there every day probably. Did you ever try honey salts? Uh, Chicken sandwich. The previous year, that was my go-to. I had, oh, I did have, I, I had that. Uh, I had, a, I've had it twice. That's but, what it sounds like. But like, is this better? Oh, leaps and bounds. Oh my god, leaps and bounds. The best salts, chicken sandwich I've ever honey had. Honey salts when it just opened, so that was a while ago. A few years it has ago, changed, right? but it was like that chain, which I will not mention. That is like. Um, hate sandwiches. Right, the one that has correct. hate sandwiches. But on crack cocaine is what right. honey salt was serving. So that was delicious. So if you're saying this is better, well. Oh, it's way to... it's way better. It, the, obviously, the restaurant has a great historic Las Vegas name to yeah. it. Um, you know, apparently it's quite beautiful inside is what I've heard. The website makes it look really, really nice. I think they have the Damien Hurst in there. Is that the shark thing? Ooh, I don't. Sure. I don't know. I don't then know. You may have some formaldehyde like leaking um, into the food. 
I mean, if it makes it delicious. Yeah. I. Well, shout out to Scotch 80s. Hopefully yeah. you guys set up some sort of uh, pop-up or whatever. Right. And even if it's just for me, like, I'm yeah. cool. I will, we have, we can have an arrangement. Right. They're still going to open a pop-up <laughs> shop exclusively <laughs> for you, man. Then we know that they listen to the podcast. Correct. And that would be awesome. Tweet the hell yeah. out of them. Yeah. That would be my recommendation. So thanks, Scotch 80. That was yeah. delicious. Okay. Life-changing. That's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, can I share about my exciting new find? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, a couple months ago, this little tapas place opened in Chinatown, EDO Tapas, which stands for Extra Day Off. And it's, Oh, I wondered, I, yeah. I thought it was a word, and I then I looked uh, ex- it up one time, and I was day. like, that's not a Spanish word. No, 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 Extra so. Day Off, Extra Day Off. And so, it's this intimate little tapas restaurant, um, in Chinatown, as I mentioned, um, it's painted red, has beatings on the wall, and it's loud and cozy. It's the perfect spot for a date or a night out with friends, which we're going to be taking friends um, shortly. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh, the general manager and several of the kitchen staff hail from Jose Andres's Bizarre Meat. And you can tell the influence down to the wide selection of gin and tonics, which are like just fantastic, um, to the use of eccentric details like tweezers for your food. And then they have, like, this dish that has, like, glass domes with smoke, and it's meant to smoke the the, um, delicious smoked salmon and honey bruschetta that has, like, flour, edible flowers on it. And it's just, like, so, so delicious. So I'm really, like, this is my new favorite place in Chinatown. They're open, like, super late until, like, 2 or 4 o'clock in the morning, so you can get your tapas on at any time, and I... You know, I I can't say enough good stuff about it. Super exciting stuff. So you're saying this is your going to be your Chinatown go to as opposed to halal guys for late nights, or you're going to alternate them? They're two different things. Like halal is like you know quick and greasy stuff to go. This is just um, this is like for una na- lo- una noche larga. Like you're gonna go there and you're just gonna be sampling tapas all night. Oh, okay. Wonderful okay. cocktails. Um, it, no, this is so you qu- drink while there, not go there after drinking, is what you're saying. You can do anything, but definitely <laughs> it's meant to linger. Okay. Yeah, you'll see. All we'll right. be, we're taking our friends shortly. All right, and yeah. I, the whole time I will be humming uh, "Cranberries Linger" just just so. Oh yeah. So they're aware when they when they hear this because this will probably come out after we take them. So yeah. they'll be like, "Jacob, why are you humming the cranberries?" The cranberries song? are just overall fantastic. Right. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dolores. Oh, Lauren. shout out to Dolores. Yes. Yep. Oh. Well. What else? Uh, I know that that you wanted to talk about pastries and coffee because I those did. are two of our favorite things. They are indeed. Yes. So. Um, I have a sweet tooth that I don't indulge in enough because I don't know how to measure myself. (laughs) But I do have to give a big shout out to Mothership Coffee Roasters for their insanely delicious pastries. Um, Here on the podcast, we're big fans as we Mm -hmm. often tape early on the weekends. And so I always end up bringing pastries from uh, Mothership. And literally everything there is sublime, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, just orgasm worthy. They have these great chocolate nut thingies. Um, cookies and fruit danishes. They're all to die for. They have these muffin cronut things. Um, I mean, the only thing I can say is that I'm, I'm super grateful that it's not close to my house because right, other, right. otherwise every day I would start off with a pastry from there. They're, it's just, it's too effing good. I mean, some people re- may remember that first Instagram live you did from yeah. Mothership. Uh, Which it, was inappropriate. It, it was at least rated R. Yeah, really naughty <laughs> sounding because I was just like, 
Mmm. Mmm. Uh, over all of those pastries, man. Just so delicious. I, re- I remember watching it as I was getting ready to go over to our taping and being like, what? What? The fuck? What awaits me? <laughs> yeah. What deliciousness awaits me? No, they're really, really good. How about how about you? Where do you get your coffee in, or pastry game on? So, um, pastries. So, so this year, uh, like I've been really, really cutting down on my carb intake because I also have a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. particularly for carby food. Um, so I haven't, I haven't been eating the pastries as much, other than of course the ones from Mothership or right. Blue Moon Bakery that that we have eaten on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, mention for sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, very delicious stuff too. So, um, but I have, I am a coffee fan and a coffee addict. Um, and and while not new, um, I've only recently started going to Publicus frequently um, because it's quick, uh, close to work, and it's quick, and um, they have delicious food and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my my nerdery for coffee also extends to a chain. And again, I'm not a huge fan of chain restaurants, but I am for ones that are like ethical and do like good work in the community. Mm-hmm. So I love Dutch Brothers. I'm one of those people that loves Dutch Brothers. There's a Dutch Brothers that recently opened this year uh, right across the street from, like, North Las Vegas City Hall. So it's very close to downtown. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't and know And they're that. quick, and they're fun, and they're very peppy. Um, and so now I think they have four locations that are open throughout the city. So the first is, Damn, like, son. on Tropicana and, like, Pecos, so, like, near, nearish UNLV. Mm-hmm. Now they've got one in kind of, like, the Silverado Ranchy area, North Las Vegas. And I know they're opening a couple more. There may be one. Oh, I think there's one on Blue Diamond, too. So they're, like... They're taking taking the the community by storm, but they are filling a need for something we didn't have, which was like coffee stands. Mm-hmm. So we got Starbucks galore, but there's nowhere that like you could just like go to a coffee stand and pretty much all they do is coffee. Occasionally they have donuts, but it's like they do coffee. No, and and it's they do good, coffee really it's well. It's real good coffee and it's yeah. cheap. I was reminded of yeah. that the other day. I, I got like a medium sized iced coffee. It was under two bucks. I was like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And they donate a lot into the local community. That's what I was going to um, ask. I didn't so, know about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're huge, uh, huge supporters of local community. Um, they work with a lot of nonprofit organizations. And of course, the corporate office as well does a lot of um, uh, a lot of giving as well. And so mm-hmm. and they actually... Um, they, they make, they have a commitment to, um, knowing the coffee farms where the coffee comes from and making sure that those folks are paid a fair wage for their product. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I I don't know if it's fair trade certified, but I do know for a fact that they visit the plantations. They have relationships with the families that are growing the coffee. Hmm. Um, and so it's almost like that beyond fair trade where they're actually like, they meet and work with the people that are making their coffee. Um, and it is a West Coast chain, so it's still, you know, fairly regional. Um, and they do, they have quite the rabid following. So that's, that's, uh, I don't go there as much as I probably could. Um, but it is a place that too, when my coworkers want coffee, um, if we, uh, if we have the time, one of us will go and make an order. for. Dude, I didn't know about the North Las Vegas thing. That's really awesome. Yeah. There, that one is not open 24 hours, but obviously Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, but yeah, no, that's the closest one. Uh, round trip for me uh, with getting coffee from my office is about 25 minutes, hmm. which is awesome. Wow. So can't beat that. Very cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely cool. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, so we've I think we've covered the food and beverage area pretty well here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of your highlights of like arts and like other events you've been to in yeah. the past year? Well, um, one of them, you joined me for that. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> the best concert for me this year was David Burns' performance oh at God. the Smith Center. 
Um, I mean, we could talk for ad nauseum about... We could talk longer than the actual show went for. Probably. I think about how good the show was. It was so incredible, you guys. Um, It took place at the Smith Center, which is this majestic neo-art deco building in the heart of downtown Las Vegas, Um, which originally when they announced the location of his concert, I was like, really, Smith Center? Like, why? Why isn't this being held at the Brooklyn Bowl or like some little joint downtown? But... Oh yeah, my, we were skeptical. We were, we but were skeptical. truly, that performance really merited um, that stage. Like the right. the the lighting and um, you know the visuals and everything. Just it was one of the most mind blowing performances I've ever seen. Just dancing and sheer magic taking place on stage. It was just incredible. He's such a great performer. He's so charismatic. Oh, yeah. His songs, um, you know, he performed a mix of Talking Heads and some of his uh, solos. So it was just, it was just incredible, Jacob. And I really, I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, me too. And probably what our listeners don't know is that, um, and Alice and I didn't know this about each other no. right away mm-hmm. uh, in our friendship, but like we both absolutely adore the Talking Heads. Love them. Like, I mean, and, and we will argue anyone, um, that would disagree with the fact that the Talking Heads are pretty much responsible for pretty much inspiring all amazing musicians. Oh, totally. Uh, that came after them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's as close as we'll probably get to seeing the Talking Heads perform. For sure. Uh, and I would see David Byrne again in a heartbeat. I would too. Never miss it. We gotta watch uh, True Stories. I gotta watch that. Yeah, well, yeah. the Criterion Collection version is gonna be coming out. Yes. So, I mean, it is one of my favorite movies, but I'm so happy. So, and I just read too, the Criterion Collection, so they've remastered the DVD mm-hmm. and then they're also releasing it with the soundtrack with the that soundtrack. has never been released yeah, yeah, yeah. so which that. is incredible which is weird how the hell did that happen well because they had the record true stories which had most of the songs on it but i think the soundtrack they're actually using the one so they'll have like that john goodman going. singing right 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 like which will be spectacular too because i mean unless you have seen blues brothers 2000 multiple times like i have uh, you may not have known that john goodman can sing. Oh, is he in that? And I true, didn't know that. True he, stories. Know that. He he is. Oh, he is. Okay. I I am a John John Goodman aficionado. Oh, so um, he is know. he is one of my favorite actors for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. We could have a whole podcast episode on John Goodman. Um, if uh, John, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. I'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you for a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could find things. We could talk about the Big Lebowski for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. that could be an episode that could in be itself. A, yes, yes. And that would segue into many Coen Brothers things. Right, right. Rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about how about you? You're a big music guy. Um, you know, so I, I, I uh, love music, obviously. So my two favorite um, music experiences, kind of beyond David Byrne. Well, I've got three. So <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about my favorite Las Vegas concert this year. Um, would definitely have to be one that I didn't even want to go to initially because I was tired. Uh, so um, my friend Jared, if you're listening, Jared, thank you, uh, recommended me to go see Fantastic Negrito at the bunkhouse. Now, Fantastic Negrito won the NPR Tiny Desk uh, contest. I want to say it was two years ago. It may have been three years ago. Um, he is an amazing singer-songwriter, is a guitar player. Um, but the thing that stood out the most to me first off was how much swagger this man had. He had more swagger than almost anybody I've ever seen perform. Mm. And he has a band with him, but I mean, it's like, you don't really pay attention to the band because of how amazing he is. His songs are also very political. He's woke as fuck, but they're also sexy. And 
I mean, he just, he gave his all during that performance, even mm-hmm. though the sound wasn't, the sound wasn't working as, as, as it could have. The equipment, there was some malfunctions, um, which is very uncommon for the bunkhouse. So I, I don't know what was going on because it's a great place to see a show. Um, but the crowd was super into it. Oh, gosh. Best, I mean, other than David Byrne, the best Las Vegas musical experience that I've had, I had in 2018. Hmm. Um, and I would definitely go see him if you if you get the chance. Just a hell of a performer. Um, kind of a cross between like a... I mean, I, don't, I never saw Jimi Hendrix live, but let's say cross between like a Gary Clark Jr. So the same swagger as Gary Clark Jr., but a little bit more uh, soul. Uh, as far as the type of music, a little much more soul and funk, and then definitely more political. Would you say um, like Lenny Kravitz at all? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely has a Lenny Kravitz vibe about him as uh-huh. well. Um, I mean, I, I think I may have described him as the love child of Gary Clark Jr. and Lenny Kravitz to someone. Okay. Um, but yeah. I think they're probably, I mean, Lenny Kravitz is older, and I'm pretty sure that him and uh, Gary Clark Jr. are probably around the same age. So uh. so they, it's not really a love child, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but like they very much kind of have that same... Uh, um, kind of same feeling to them. Mm, I um, and then uh, definitely Life is Beautiful this year was great. Um, I enjoyed the experience. I think my favorite performers at Life is Beautiful um, that I had never seen. Uh, Churches was was by far the best of the bands that mm. I had never seen before. Um, Florence and the Machine also was incredible. Oh and my then, God. They yeah. were, she is just like... Yeah, magical. She is. She's yeah. like a fairy. Yeah. Just um, like a fairy meets a ballerina, meets a goddess, meets just... Right. And did you see when she was going around, she came into the crowd and she's like touching people as if she were the Pope? Yeah. And you could mm-hmm. see people like were literally transformed by her touch. It was oh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think she may be a witch for sure. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Arcade Fire set was also incredible. Um, and then the one that um, pretty much everybody at the festival missed, um, which I judge you all, uh, during T-Pain set across at the main stage was uh, the Swedish Americana. So they're from Sweden. Mm. They're sisters. They're Americana music, folk music. They're called First Aid Kit. They're two of the best performers and songwriters that probably are around right now. Hands mm-hmm. down. They're incredible. Their songs are spectacular. Um, they do Americana better than most mm-hmm. Americans do Americana. Yeah. Uh, and so it was. they were great to see. Um, first time ever they played in Las Vegas. Mm. So it was really cool. Um, and then the other thing, which I don't think is, is on the horizon for this next year, which I haven't heard, but is the Emerge Festival, which was kind of like a music uh-huh. and ideas and culture festival that was started by um, the gentleman who started Life is Beautiful. Uh, it took place on the Strip. It had originally been scheduled for um, November of 2016. 17 mm-hmm. but it was rescheduled after the October 1 shooting um, and so uh, but it was in April and they had some really great emerging um, artists uh, they had them all over different locations on the strip I actually saw um, some really amazing bands at the Bally showroom including one of my favorite uh, regional bands the National Parks which are from Utah mm-hmm. um, and so that was a there was an incredible show and got exposed to some really great music and then I met Matt Pinfield uh, who was on oh, MTV? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, like, dude. Under this administration, I feel like six hundred days. Like this oh, year, yeah. it was comprised of like six hundred days. I feel like this Matt Pinfield conversation took place like four years ago. Oh, literally, it, it feels like it was four years ago, but it was <laughs> it was in April, and it was really oh my god, really amazing um, to meet one of my uh, music nerdery idols, if not the music nerdery idol uh, for me. Yeah, so, yeah. 
So what is, well, I, I know. Well, I, well I, no, I, I want to follow up with the, yeah. um, with your life is beautiful comments. Um, uh, we, we hung out at the festival. Mm-hmm. We actually went to check out a couple of the comedy shows. We did. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, how could I forget the comedy shows? I, I don't know, man. Uh, Michelle Wolf <laughs> yes. was in town. She was excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to like look up the other people. Was Jabuki White one of the performers? Yeah. Right? He, he was, was excellent. He was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of them, most of the comedians were, uh, were black performers. Right. Um, they were all just so, I, and I apologize to the rest of the performers. They were all fantastic, but um, that was a new addition. I think this was the first year they did comedy. They've done speakers in yeah. the past, like Ted, Stott, Ted Talk. And they've uh, had comedians who have been the speakers, but I think this is the first time it was like a comedy, comedy show. Yeah, and comedy I think, festival. I think yeah. they did good. I think, yeah. um, well, we went to see Dave Attell last year. And so I think like... That was 2017, of, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes, 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 yes. But my point is, I think like downtown, mm-hmm. um, heck, I'm trying to think, was it uh, Hannibal Burris that I saw this year? I don't recall. I don't really he remember. He was here. He was here. Yeah. I don't know if you saw him this year, but he was here. Oh, and what's her name? Aparna Nansherla yeah. was at the the Believer Festival. So, like, right. I'm, I'm apologies to our listeners for me just going all over the place. But my point is, like, it's been a good year in comedy yeah. for Las Vegas. And I it see that been. movement growing. So, um, kudos to the, you know, forces behind that. Well, I know that almost every one of the showcases at Life is Beautiful was sold out. The comedy ones. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I got in line. I got in line two hours right. before that freaking shit. So, I mean, if that's any indication, people in Las Vegas are, are craving those, uh, not, definitely not underground, but definitely yeah. not... Not, not mainstream. The, not, yeah, mainstream A-lister yeah. comedians. They're craving, like, the ones who are kind of pushing the pushing the envelope of comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the raunchy ones. Right, yeah. right. And I'm wondering if, uh, oh, gosh, and I cannot remember his name, the guy that hosts Patriot Act. I wonder if he's going to be next year. Hassan, I don't know his last name. Oh, Minaj. Hassan, yeah, yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully he'll be, I mean, because that's. it seems Dude. like that's a nice introduction. I would love, I mean, I've only watched a couple episodes, but I'd love to see. Yeah. That would be really cool. You know, I, I see that happening because the Comedy Cellar um, actually yeah. opened at the Rio this year. And I've uh, checked out a couple of the shows there. And they've got some good comedians, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll yeah, see. I've been wa- I've been watching those the lineups. I am bummed that I missed the David Tell because yeah, that would have been a good one. He's so amazing. I know. Yeah. Well, well, there'll be more stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, another cool thing that I'd like to highlight um is this incredible feast of the arts that took place. Um, it, this was the second annual UNLV Art Walk, mm-hmm. and it took place all over UNLV's campus, and it included dance, music, and theater performances throughout the night. There was a great Latinx exhibit. There was a lowrider exhibit. Um, there were, you know, ballerinas dancing around the rose gardens, and a bunch of colorful, immersive art installations, and it was like a four-hour-long event. I actually wasn't able to see everything taking place. There was so much going on. And it was just so great to see the um, arts community and um, UNLV community come out and support both local and international artists that were exhibiting. 
And really, this is one of the things that um, actually makes me want to donate to UNLV, which I think is saying a lot. Yeah. UNLV is not my alma mater for me to donate no. uh, to, but it's things like that and the Believer Festival and the Moth recently right. as well. So kudos to UNLV for putting on such great programming, man. Yeah, Seriously. this is it's great that they're connecting to the community in this way, which... Um, They've struggled to do in the past. Yeah. So let's let's hope that they, they that continue to do that. That it continues, for sure. I mean, we, sure. we need that academic influence in, in our community, we do. for sure. We do, yes. Yeah. Uh, just, I guess, a small, well, not a caveat, but a little complaint. <laughs> um, I was at the Moths performance um, right. uh, just a couple weekends ago, and the host actually came out and was like, ah, oh, who knew that there's, you know, academia and culture in Las Vegas? And I was like, ah, that's just so old. Like, let's just stop right. saying that. Like, Las Vegas is like any other city, top-notch city in the world. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of crazy, cool stuff going on. And uh, I'm just, I'm sick of that, no, <laughs> that rhetoric, to be honest. I'm right there with you. Dumb I mean, if, if the the election was any indication um, mm-hmm. of the changing nature of Las Vegas and, and Nevada really as a whole, I think that that's, uh, you really can't say that much anymore. No. That, that we're not a rural, rural kind of, you know, c- country bumfuck state anymore. Yeah. Like, or are we purple? No, uh, we're not purple. Well, and to that end, I guess the decision of hosting the Women's March, um, which yeah. didn't end up being a march, it was a rally, but nonetheless, we were the launching point for that event, which is right. a national event that takes place across the entire country. You know, least um, what's her name? Linda Sarsour was in town. Yeah. Uh, Cecile Richards, etc. Um, so, no, we are definitely on the map, man, politically and culturally. We definitely are. I can't wait to see um, how that continues. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For yeah. sure, for sure. So, um, I obviously, we're a podcast. Mm-hmm. You all know that. Yeah. Um, and so we definitely kind of, we're transitioning a little bit out of our highlights of Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but we want to talk some about, you know, kind of our favorite uh, other entertainment media of the year. Um, I want to start out with, and I'm going to let Allison uh, kind of start with this, but um, I mean, the kind of the, the foundation for where where the idea of this podcast came from was from Crooked Media and Pod Save America. And I know, again, it feels like it was like 85 years ago mm-hmm. when we actually went to go see the po- live taping of Pod Jesus, Save America. Yes, that, that, but that, that was this year. That's very true. That was actually this year. Yeah, that is true. Which is insane i think it was february right was yeah, it man, february like that yeah 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 it uh, was like my birthday present now that i think about right, it right yeah and uh-huh. it was awesome i mean i and i was not i'll be honest i had only listened to a couple couple episodes of pot save america that uh, i love politics but politic political podcasts weren't necessarily my thing but it was gr- great thing and that kind mm-hmm. of like I mean, it was kind of the start of of this adventure that yeah. we're now we're now fully into um, so yeah, so Allison, uh-huh. what are your favorite pod- podcast world of oh, man. 2018? You and, I, you and I are just on the same page. <laughs> like you have no idea. <laughs> so um, literally, yeah, towards the beginning of this year, if you would have asked me what is one of my favorite podcasts, I would have definitely mentioned one of Crooked Media's podcasts, um, including Pod Save America and Pod yeah. Save the People, which our podcast is modeled off of. Um, they also have the female-centric hysteria podcast, where they also talk about politics. And then there's the social commentary that you'll observe on Keep It, where mm-hmm. the hosts are a black gay man, a white gay man, and a black 
female. And so this keeps me appraised of what that community is uh, watching and listening to. And they keep me informed of, you know, shenanigans that Cardi B and... <laughs> People that I don't listen to, what 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 they're doing, but um actually you'll uh well you know this, but now as the year ends and particularly after the midterms, I uh, I found myself craving something comforting and magical, and I found it in the form of the Rin- Ringers podcast, binge mode Harry Potter, <laughs> which focuses on all of the books, films, and plays within the entire Harry Potter uh, universe. And so it's super delightful and engrossing. Each episode focuses on central themes and important characters, chapter by chapter, scene by scene. Um, they just dissect like the most minute details. And so that's provided the exact level of escapism. Uh, <laughs> escapism or escapism? escapism. Is that the, yeah, you can say both Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. All right, I'm going to say we'll escapism um, needed in 2018. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, podcasts obviously are a huge part of my life as well. Um, and I have I have four that I've been like super, super obsessed with this year. Um, the first one actually is from Crooked Media. Uh-huh. The Wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it was, it, like, by far, I think, the best political podcast that I've ever listened to. And it was really a story um, from John Favreau, uh, one of the hosts of Pod Save America, but um, about, like, the Democratic Party, the history of the Democratic Party, and where they go from here. Uh, and it was, it completed before the election happened. So it's, it's very interesting, and I'd love to kind of, um, see if there will be kind of like a, a revisiting at least of kind of like okay so now we heard everything up to the election and kind of like what what that looks like now particularly where we have some really like you know there's some big names and young mm-hmm. names in democratic politics that weren't there you know two years ago i mean people knew about him but the country didn't i mean you've got beto o'rourke which now like the entire country knows who this man is mm-hmm. before i mean he was a representative from from texas but you know he's represented from el paso like he doesn't, we weren't going to hear about him no. until he almost took down Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it's, it's things like that, that really kind of, it would be interesting to hear. Um, the other nonfiction, if you will, podcast that, um, I was really into this year is called Dear Franklin Jones. And it is about, uh, it's a journalist who recalls his time growing up in a cult that was led by Franklin Jones. So it's a real cult. Um, it's a fascinating story. I've listened to a lot of cult podcasts. Um, this one was spectacular, partly because the, the host, uh, Jonathan Hirsch is a journalist, so he is a great storyteller. Um, and the podcast is a must listen. There's just one season. It's all done. You can listen from start to finish. Um, there's interviews with, with people that were in the cult that are currently in the cult with, with, um, Hirsch's parents, Hmm. um, who raised him in the cult. I mean, it's really spectacular. It's just great, great information. And, um, the, the, the group that Franklin Jones ran was not, is not one of the more, um, popular, well-known religious movements or, or cults, um, Mm -hmm. of, you know, the last 50 years. So it's, it's also really fascinating. It was not one I had heard about before. Um, which that's a kind of an area of interest of mine. Um, and then, you know, you all know that I love audio dramas. And so my two favorite this year, um, one was not new this year, but it was the second season, which is the big loop, um, which is, uh, a podcast from Paul Bay. Um, my two favorite episodes of audio drama ever were on this last season. There's one episode. So it's a, it's a, it's a fiction anthology. So each episode's different. It's a different story. They don't play off of any other, 
of the episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does a great job with the story, uh, with the actors that are in it. Um, They're all fantastic actors and the music. He does a really great job of of curating the music for the episode. But um, there's one episode in particular called The Eye of the Lord. I think I've listened to it probably 20 times. Wow. It's, It's one story. It's spectacularly done. It's beautiful, heartbreaking, and just incredible um it's actually i have never i've never signed up for a patreon um to like donate to a podcast Uh, i did for for that episode i mean i did now for the big loop i donate to the big loop but it was because of that episode that like it changed everything about what what i felt about audio drama for sure like hands down um and then video palace which is from the horror network shutter it's actually their i think one of their first if not first original horror podcasts um, and that one just ended. It's called Video Palace. It's about a, a video store. It's loosely about a video store. Great, great story. Um, excellent writing. Really spectacular. Actually super creepy. Um, so I would highly recommend that as well. So. I feel like there was a... Um, what's that one Nickelodeon show from the 90s where they'd sit around the campfire and tell spooky stories? Um, uh, are You Afraid of the Are dark? You Afraid of the Yeah. I feel like there was an episode where someone was stuck like in an arcade. There, I'm pretty sure there was. That's yeah. what it sounds like. I was totally into that show too as a kid. So yeah. It's too spooky for me, <laughs> to be honest. I spook I, so easily. I always made sure I was at home like before that show started. So because I was like. That's smart. Really into it. Well, because I wanted, like, I would stop playing and be like, look, guys, I got to go watch Are You Afraid of the Dark now. This yeah. Is, we don't, there's no such thing as a DVR for uh, you millennials. No. We didn't have that back then. No, no, no. When Alice and I were youths, we didn't have that. Way back in the day. Right. Well, you had to record it on your VHS player. Right, right. <laughs> well, speaking of binge watching, um, anyone that knows me knows that I love TV. And although I have been known to rewatch, Seinfeld, Sex and the City, and Mad Men over and over and over again. Mm. I did discover some great shows this Wait, year. Seinfeld. I don't. You it's love sh- that show? It's the show about nothing. Oh. Yes. Mm. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, if you follow our Twitter, you see Seinfeld memes. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but Donald Glover's Atlanta absolutely blew my mind. I haven't seen that. I know, yet. dude. I know. <gasps> this is why I'm bringing it up. Right. You really, you really have to watch it. It's on. It's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu. I'll I'll lend you my my subscription. I'll give you the information after we stop TV because it's really it's just uh, I don't know how he managed to cram so much social commentary into like a thirty minute episode um, in such a realistic yet art, artful manner. It's mm-hmm. like beyond me. It's just supreme acting and just um, I don't know. I just I, I I'm really been enjoying it. Uh, Blackish. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, which is a uh, family-friendly sitcom, which is not ordinarily my cup of tea, but they managed to tackle issues faced by the black community in the U.S. Um, in just, like, a very realistic way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm obviously not in a black family, so it's been very illuminating. Right. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross is just fantastic in it. Um, another great show was Mozart in the Jungle, featuring Mexico's national treasure, Gael Garcia Bernal, <laughs> and the U.S.'s national treasure, uh, Bernadette Peters, as the conductor of a New York orchestra and the chairwoman of the board of said orchestra. And um, it's a great show because um, 
It has a bit of an Alfonso Cuarón-inspired whimsy, oh, okay. reminiscent of his 1995 film, The Little Princess. So there's some fantastic elements where um, Gael's character uh, consults with Mozart, who comes mm-hmm. back from the uh, dead, and you know he accompanies him on his voyage, and he's an artist, obviously, and he's eccentric, and he's in love with this one of his um, players in the orchestra. But I also like it um, because Bernadette Peters, as I mentioned, she's the chairperson mm-hmm. of the board of the orchestra and for me one of my dreams is to actually sit on the board of like a performing arts center like the right. Lincoln Center or whatever so it's really it, it, it apparently it's a job in itself so but it's a really great show great performance um just good good stuff yeah 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 and I I, I don't watch a lot of tv you yeah. know that yeah so uh but I definitely I think I've seen an episode of of Mozart in the Jungle and Two episodes of Blackish, mm-hmm. but it's. I mean, they have an amazing cast. It's. I mean, and Lawrence Fishburne and Anthony Anderson and it, like. I mean, they're and Yara Shahidi, who is going to one day run for president. Trust uh, me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's Im- immortalize that in the for podcast. Sure. Remember, so you remember. heard it here first, folks. Yes, indeed. Um, I would say so. There's there's really been. I mean, one TV show that I was obsessed with this year did not may have ended this year. I'm not really sure, but the Leftovers HBO show. Uh, one of the creators from Lost is the one who is the mastermind behind it. Um, I got real obsessed with The Leftovers, and I watched a lot of it in mm-hmm. a really short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, the, the, it's all done. It's wrapped up in a nice little bow, unlike Lost, although I like the end of Lost. Um, come at me if you uh, if you don't like the ending of Lost. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I loved Leftovers. But as far as, like, shows that are still currently on... Um, there's two that I'm watching. Uh, one that I go back and forth between, um, which is The Man in the High Castle, which is uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, which is based upon a book that was by Philip Dick. Um, and it's a great, it's very, very conversational. It's very dialogue driven. There's not a ton of action, um, but it's alternative history where uh, it's like, I think it's the late 1950s, early 1960s. And the Nazis and the um, Japanese won World War II. Mm-hmm. And so the United States is split. Uh, and so most of the east, east of the Rockies is all um, part of the American Reich. And then uh, west of the Rockies is uh, all the Japanese territory. And of course, the front range of the Rocky Mountains, which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. is uh, neutral territory, uh, which, fit, which is very fitting. Yeah, um, so you would have been I, saved. Well, yeah, and we would we would have been like, uh, yeah, we don't belong to anybody. Yeah mofos um so i really like that show i've just recently got back into it and the third season uh is out now on amazon prime um and then the other show which which i think it will will end up in the same sentence when people talk about amazing shows uh such as the office and parks and rec is the good place um which is just a very witty uh very intelligent show with an incredible cast um and i've gotten really into the good place i think the jokes are, are really phenomenal um, they just do such a great job with the writing too that it's just they're able to crack jokes um, in a way that I think a lot of other TV shows only wish they were. So I feel like it's when I watch it, I feel like it's very similar to Parks and Rec, which is one of my all-time favorite comedies, if not my favorite, other than Community, 
my favorite comedy. So I actually just started watching it. Oh, did you? I'm in, like halfway through the second season. Okay. Um, the Ringers binge mode actually. They also talk about it oh, and really? they make okay. the connection between the leftovers and Lost that they talk oh. about a lot of philosophical and yes. moral conundrums. They do. Um, but Ted Danson, speaking of National Treasures, oh, yeah. is just fantastic For as sure. is Kristen Bell right. and the most diverse cast. That I've Super ever seen. diverse. Like, there's only yeah. like two white actors, dude. Everybody else is a, are, are people of color. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and if it's you're efficient. halfway through, I mean, Maya Rudolph comes in and has, she has an amazing role. Oh yeah, when she, she's like, good. Oh, I, you've seen you've seen her. Yeah, okay, I'm up to okay. Maya Rudolph. Okay, yeah, 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 fantastic, and her obsession with delicious burritos. But I mean, really, like, who doesn't burritos love? Are delicious. I mean, if you're gonna be a judge. You should chow down on burritos. Yeah, for so sure. so it's definitely it's definitely one of those shows that I think will be like a classic. Yeah, um, I mean I, I I feel it already is, but it's definitely definitely a classic. I agree. I agree. Hey, did you appreciate Dax Shepard? Oh yeah, it was the, like his character is funny too. Freaking love it when shows get meta like that. Too. I love it. The <laughs> best the best example is um, Megan Mullally on Parks oh, and Rec. Oh right, totally. With Nick Offerman. Yeah. As Bad Janet. What was the wife's name? Uh, yeah, Sheila? was Sheila. Was it she? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. You all know yeah. what we're talking about, right, though. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now it's... Yeah. I'm hoping for more TV in, uh, in, in 2019 for me. That's kind of my goal. Yeah. So. No, there's gonna there's a lot of good stuff um, coming up. I mean, we are definitely in the era of premiere TV. Um, dude, Alfonso... I, this is not an episode about upcoming things, but just right. a slight... Since I was talking about Alfonso Cuaron, Alfonso Cuaron's Roma, which will be coming out on December 15th, I believe. Oh. I'm excited about that. Um, it's actually about... It's uh, semi-auto... Or autobiographical. It's about the woman that took care of him, that raised him. Like his, Oh, interesting. His, his servant is not... Uh, giving that role justice that the the muchachas that take care of the families in the house they mm. have um a bigger role than they would in this country and she's kind of like a second mother figure so that that should be a really excellent film wow. so yeah a lot of good stuff coming out on yeah. tv and movies for sure definitely yeah well, all right well so this has been wild and free battleborn podcast um i am jacob here with Allison Yanez. And as always, Allison, who is our wonderful team here with the podcast that we love and adore and could not have done 2018 without. Of course. Mad love to our producer and composer of our theme, Jose Sotelo. And his uh, amazing and intelligent wife who provides our fact-checking and research assistance, that is Ashley Pacheco. Mm-hmm. And creative assistance by Berta Gutierrez. And absent today, because we are not taping in the Den of Descent. Right. Is Raven, who hopefully right now is either sleeping or eating conchas. Yeah. Hopefully she's doing one of the two things. She's cause... getting she's getting a really cool um, indigenous scarf from her aunt, oh, who recently it's... was in Chapa. So she'll be rocking a cool huipil. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I, I can say that um, last week uh, she was able to score some fire-cooked lamb. Which I think was a was a special treasure. For yeah, her. for sure. Yeah, which she wasn't supposed to have, but she got it anyway. So, mm. way to go, Raven. Well, thank you to our team and thank you to our listeners. If you don't already, please subscribe on iTunes Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever yeah, you we're, get wherever, your podcast. Yeah, yeah, and rate us. And, rate us. And please, please, please tell your friends, tell your your enemies, tell whomever you want. Uh, it's 
We'd love to be heard by more people here in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, and just so you all know, uh, at the beginning of the year, we'll be taking a short hiatus, but we'll be back at you in early 2019 with more amazing episodes and guests that are making Las Vegas and Southern Nevada a better place. Giddy up. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.